0: As you think about this journey, it's, you know, kind of a big believer that the the universe delivers as it needs to deliver when it delivers. and So it just kind of kept, you know, offering up what we needed to kind of get this business going. And then it's continued to to do so as we grow it.
1: Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with Mark Pierce. Mark is the CEO of GTFO It's Vegan. They're based in Newport Beach. And uh, it, it GTFO It's Vegan is the largest online vegan plant-based wholesaler and retailer in the country. So, Mark, welcome to My Company Story.
0: Glad to be here. Appreciate it.
1: So, Mark, can you tell us a little bit, uh, tell the audience a little bit more about what it is? What is this company? How long ago you started it? Uh, and just tell us, give us an idea of what what GTFO, its vegan is.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, it's a company that actually uh, my wife and I launched last May. Uh, in all the mayhem of COVID, uh, it was something that she and I had been sort of batting around ideas of what we can do in the plant based and vegan community, and uh, had a few different business concepts and. In January, uh, she kind of said, hey, I think we should head in this direction. A um, couple months passed. We start working on it sort of off the side of the desk because I, I run another company called Stonegate, which is a software as a services company. And then, of course, COVID hit. And she looked at me and said, we really, really need to accelerate this. So between April of last year and May 15th, we brought a team on, built a website, bought a bunch of inventory, got a third party logistics company and launched it. Uh, again, sort of in the middle of COVID. And it has just grown by uh, leaps and bounds since then. So well, that's it's just fantastic. been this am- amazing journey.
1: That's an amazing journey. I'd like to explore that more with you, Mark. I mean, how did you take such a... I mean, the online vegan plant-based area is, is a hot area right now to go from zero to 100 in such a short period of time. Uh, I mean, how how were you able to do that? What, 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 was, what did that look like?
0: Yeah, so... Um, you know, So sort of the impetus behind doing it, my wife and I moved out to uh, the Southern California area from Chicago about four years ago. And at that time, I was more of what would be considered a flexitarian. She was more of a vegetarian slash vegan. And then one of the things that became really interesting was just how accessible it, and easy it was to be a, a vegan or vegetarian on the West Coast versus in Chicago. And I think what we also started to realize is many places across the country did not have The access, I call them almost vegan or plant based food deserts. You know, you walk into a grocery store and there may be one small little section of an aisle that actually has these products. And that's pretty predominant across the country, if they even have anything. And we're spoiled here in California. So um, I got to credit her. You know, she's got this ability to really sniff out and know what consumers want, what products they want. Uh, So it was just a, a good team. You know, she's got sort of all of the, Innovation and how to set the company tone and, and what products to do. And I've got obviously the background in setting up a logistics infrastructure, financial backbone, digital marketing. So, you know, we pulled it all together. In the very beginning, we, we went with a third party logistics company um, and thought that would be a good solution for them to do pickpacking and shipping for us. But out of the gate, I think, you know, again, kind of a few things. One, COVID, you know, people want to have groceries at their home and two, plant bases just exploding. You know, we went from a couple orders a day to 10, 20, 30 orders a day. And then before you knew it, this 3PL had, you know, four or 500 SKUs of ours. uh, And they were trying to push out, you know, 50, 60 orders a day. And we were pretty much imploding them because they did not have the infrastructure to do it. Uh, so we decided at that point that we needed to kind of set up our own warehouse. And I can kind of go on in the story as we go further. But um, it just was this, this very rapid, um, you know, pull together a smart team, get great people and uh, put together a, as I said, kind of an infrastructure to, to go to market.
1: Wow, that's a great story, Mark. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I'm, inter- I'm curious, and I'm sure the audience will be curious also. Tell us about, you, have, you said you've been with, you have, you have another company called Stonegate, and I think you've been in business around 16 years for that. So it's an established ongoing company. What, what happened to Stonegate while you were putting all this emphasis into that? And what was the really, the second part of the question is really, how did your experience with Stonegate help you with that? And how is Stonegate affected by you doing this now?
0: So, yeah, Stonegate, I started as my first company, started in 2005, really as a strategy and market research company in the health insurance space, and then it sort of evolved into a software as a services company. Um, You know, in all honesty, COVID, you know, impacted that business in 2020. Um, As a software as a service, uh, it was very hard to acquire new clients because people were not taking phone calls. Um, you know the whole premise of Stonegate today is really around retention, automation and client sentiment. and a lot of our clients were scared to reach out to their clients to ask their sentiment given everything that was going on in the world. So the b2b space in 2020 was was pretty tough and um, you know the good news is is we had a bunch of clients already using our platform so we were able to renew uh, to continue cash flow coming into the business but acquisition was not great. So it was more of a maintenance as opposed to me going to trade shows and speaking events. And all that kind of came off my plate and still allowed us to spend significant time on GTFO. So don't get me wrong, we were still working 80-hour weeks, but it kind of went from maybe you know 60 hours uh, uh, a week on Stonegate to 20 hours a week on Stonegate and you know, 60, 70 hours on GTFO.
1: I see. So really, the, the COVID uh, pandemic really... Uh, was almost a blessing in disguise for you guys because it it did allow you to uh, not, uh, Stonegate didn't need as much of your time and you could put that time into building and growing the GTFO brand then and going that direction.
0: No, absolutely. In in fact, it's kind of a funny story of how we got some of our startup capital. So because we've got such a good uh, relationship with the health sector, my father uh, actually imports various products from around the world. And he uh, really imports steel products. And what was interesting is he said, "Well, nobody's really importing steel products, but I got offered PPP, uh, or sorry, yeah, uh, uh, PPE, uh, personal protection equipment, right? Uh, from a couple of vendors, and hey, do you think you can sell that into your healthcare clients?" So, we reached out to a bunch of my hospital and, and health sector clients, and actually sold hundreds of thousands of dollars of PPE because it was in such demand. And uh, my dad and I were able to kind of split the the profits from that, and that's what we used to to jump start the company. So
1: wow, that's great. as
0: you as you think about this journey, it's you know uh, kind of a big believer that the that the universe delivers as it needs to deliver when it delivers. And so it just kind of kept you know offering up what we needed to kind of get this business going, and then it's continued to to do so as we grow it.
1: Yeah, that's great, Mark. It really does seem like you've been in the right place at the right time, and things have kind of lined up. Uh, in, in the right space on that. Tell us a little bit, or t- tell me a little bit about what your competition is like. I mean, what that space seems to me to be a very popular space, and you've grown so rapidly in it. What does your niche look like and that, uh, that competition look like?
0: So, when we launched it, um, there was actually another company that we used to purchase from. It was a West Coast company. And I always had asked my wife, I said, how do they even make money? Because they had a free shipping model. Or, some like a membership. So, you probably paid, you know, $80 a year and you get free shipping. But if you know anything about shipping perishable products, because 98% of our packages that go out, we're now doing thousands and thousands of packages per month are perishable and it's not cheap. So, I think they figured that out and ran out of cash and they went out of business in December of 2019 and they left this gaping hole. Too in the market where people are like, where did they go? Where are we going to buy from? And it was part of that, which you know, my wife at the time said we should go replace them. Um, but it's it's a very fragmented industry still. So there are a few other e-commerce players. We we don't really consider them competitors. We just consider them others that are out there in the market because it's it's an eighty-five billion dollar market worldwide, right? So there's plenty for everybody, and it's kind of at that fledgling stage. But when you think about the products right? You've got the beyonds and the impossibles and the morning stars and the Gardines, And even though they represent probably 70% of the revenue in this category, they only represent probably about 10% of the SKUs. There are literally thousands and thousands of skews of little mom and pops that are spinning up a new cheese or a new meat or uh, a new, you know, gluten-free pasta out of their, you know, little kitchens or rental kitchens or whatever. And they have no platform to bring these products to market. So what ends up happening is we're able to be the, the aggregator, right? I talk about in our business, you know, thinking about like an Amazon or a Walmart infrastructure. I mean, that's our vision is we want to become essentially the uh, place for vegan for everybody everywhere in the world and build that distribution infrastructure. And the foundation is aggregating all of these little companies with these great innovations almost think about like the the dot-com right way way back when when you had all these like little great startups you're seeing that in this plant-based space and we provide them a way to come together into one place we buy their product we pick pack ship we do all the marketing for them so they don't have to as opposed to the more traditional way which is get into a grocery store which Know anything about the business? A very difficult. B very expensive because you got to pay slotting fees, uh, and and um, you just can't get the eyeballs. So we can take a product. We just did this, for example, with an amazing bacon, uh, plant-based bacon out of um, Portland, where you know he'd come up with this innovation. We tried it. We said this is amazing. You know he shipped it down to us, and you know we we sold through the case like literally in a day. He couldn't even produce fast enough. But now he's ramping up production. And now he's sending us 30 cases, you know, a week, 40 cases a week, and it just goes up. And we've done this now for you know probably 30, 40, 50 companies just that are, you know, fledging companies and have turned them into real businesses. So.
1: I understand. That's interesting. So, Mark, tell is it it seems like a big challenge would be twofold. One, you have to have enough suppliers like the guy making the plant-based bacon, and then you have to have to have to attract enough buyers of that bacon. I mean, is it how do you, how do you ramp up? Am, am I correct in assuming that you needed to do both simultaneously or how does that work?
0: Yeah, it was kind of funny when we first started. Um, we had to actually ask suppliers to be on our site and we had to explain to them and they we're like, Oh, we're GTFO. It's vegan. They're like, haha, yeah. You know, Cause obviously we have a, a pretty interesting name. The name actually. So I credit my wife with kind of thinking of the company idea. I credit my, myself with the name, but the, the official name of the company, I remember sitting down with her. Was saying i got the name it's great foods it's vegan and she said oh okay and i'm like but wait and i highlighted the gtfo which we all know what it stands for right out of it she goes that's it and so you know we went out in in february and march before we launched talking to these vendors and it was a lot of work to kind of get them and believe me there are literally we source from all over the world so there are literally tens of thousands of these vendors that are out there and so um you know, essentially, we we approached them and we got enough. We probably had you know about four hundred SKUs when we when we launched, and now, like I said, we're up to about twenty five hundred SKUs. But we would have even more. It's just everybody's coming to us now, so yeah. getting the supply is is relatively easy. And we do buy from distributors. There are you know the KEs of the world and the Unifies and the U.S. food. So we supply from that and we buy direct. Right. The demand, the demand. You know, it's been an interesting journey. We we've gone through probably five or six different marketing agencies. Um, now the good news is there is such demand. It's just getting to that demand. Most of what we do is on Google uh, and Facebook uh, and growing our Instagram following. Uh, you know, our Instagram following I think is close to fifty thousand now. It started obviously at zero. Wow. And so it's and and we pump a lot of money into marketing. You know, we we spend you know a fair amount of money, but. You know, especially now with this firm, we've always seen typically like a, you know, 300, 400, 500 uh, ass which has been great or um, five times. So, yeah. but, but it's that mix. It's it's having the right supply. And, and that's where I really credit my wife is she, as I said, has just a great nose for what consumers want and can't get access to. And she gets it on the site. And then finally, we've, we've now begun to build our own private label brand. So gotcha. we've got, you know, probably 10, 15 products Uh, We're going to be launching a bunch of new things from ready-made pastas. We're doing some deep dish pizzas uh, from Chicago, a Detroit pizza, all vegan, and they all taste amazing. And we're doing it by taking these amazing suppliers, bringing them together, and then
1: doing these ready-made prepared foods. That's wonderful. Will we be able to go to the store and see the brand GTFO It's Vegan will be the brand name or are you coming up with a different name for that, do you think?
0: So yeah, so right now it is GTFO. It's vegan on our site, uh, but we've just hired uh, an agency and we're going to be branding the product itself great foods. It's vegan because um, our hope is is ultimately we'll not only sell it on our platform, but we'll sell it, you know, in other stores as well.
1: Yeah, that's great. Mark, tell us a little bit about working with your wife. I know that that uh, uh, some, I've, I've talked to many business owners who have a very successful working relationship with their wives and others uh, as myself, for example, that did not work out very well. Uh, and, uh, and we needed to get a break from the day-to-day grind when, when I came home and it didn't work very well when I was running my company. And, uh, and so we decided not to have her come there. But with you, it's the case. So tell us what's the, what's the key to success or what, what are some lessons that you learned in, in, in doing that?
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting shift in our lives, right? So part of the reason why we why we started this and, and she wanted to get it going is, you know, we had a couple of young kids. And so come last, I guess it's almost, you know, well over a year ago, my kids are now seven and ten and they don't need as much attention every day. They're in school. Well usually in school, <laughs> for COVID. Yeah,
1: hopefully soon.
0: <laughs> um, and, and, you know, my, my wife, who was was an entrepreneur as well, before uh, we got married, you know, said, I think I'm ready to, to try something. So I think the, the thing that makes it work is that um, our skill sets are very different and complement each other. I say to her every day, there's no way I could have ever done this without you. She says to me, there's no way I could ever have done this without you. They're very unique skill sets, right? And they complement. So It's very rare that we bat heads on topics because I just defer to her on things that I know she's right. Right. So when you talk about how much inventory we should have, uh, mainly to meet the demand of the customers and what the tone is and how to engage with the customer um, and what product lines we should do. You know, she's just, you know, I almost equate her to somebody like a Steve Jobs of innovation. She just knows what consumers want before they want it. It's just an amazing thing to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she hate, but she hates dealing with customer service. It's not her forte. Yeah. And, you know, vendor management and, you know, setting up all the, the infrastructure with the computers and the financial systems and process Uh, and, you know, she doesn't really, um, have a good handle on like, you know, how to do Google, you know, analytics and Facebook and all that. She knows what she wants to do. So you kind of take, as you think about the the value chain of the business and it just fits very nicely that she handles, you know, a very specific portion and I handle the other portion. And of course now it's grown so much that we can't even ourselves, you know, take it all on. So we've, you know, we've probably up to a team of almost 20 people now, you know, as, as we parse stuff out. but it was also just amazing to watch her like, you know, literally sit there on the computer every day and learning, you know, the, the product entry, you know, system that we use and entering products. So, but I think the biggest thing is that um, the only downside is, you know, as opposed to us sitting down and have a nice glass of wine at the end of the day, you know, watching a little bit of TV, we're sitting there on our laptops from the moment we get home from the warehouse until, you know, 2.00 AM when we go to bed. And, you know, unfortunately that's, you know, that's the result. We're we're always working now. We're always talking about the business, but we know that we're building something so fantastic, you know, that's going to have, we believe a very meaningful impact on the sustainability of our environment that, you know, it, it's well worth the work.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is well worth the work. And I was going to go there. I'm glad you mentioned that because it does seem that it's hard to unplug from the business, especially one that's growing so quickly and so vibrant as the one that you created is you know, to be able to go on vacation, leave the cell phones in the car, go take a swim on the beach, you know, take a, take a stroll or, and not talk about that. It must be very hard to unplug even for a short period of time. But do you feel that that's not hindering the growth right now? That's, that's, or the marriage and that's manageable, or do you see that as possibly up, you know, something that needs to be addressed down the road?
0: Well, I mean, I think the good news is, uh, my wife and I are each other's best friends, right? So and think about COVID, right? Nobody really even left their house. So there wasn't a lot to do in the last year. It's not like we go out to restaurants, you know, we couldn't really go on vacation. So, uh, you know, we're fortunate to, to have a house that we do have a swimming pool. So it's it's easy enough for us to, to do that. So, um it'll be interesting moving forward because we're now talking about it. Like, how do we peel ourselves away? I, I think we feel it impacts our kids more than it affects us, right? Oh, I because, bet it would, yeah. It's yeah, because like, yeah. we, we, we've we got two amazing kids who are, you know, their birthday's our day apart, their next week. And it's tough because it's like, well, A, it's still COVID, but B, it's, it's you know, can we really leave for three or four days? Now, we just hired a, a new, you know, VP of ops who's a guy from Amazon. So we feel at least now, if we were to leave for a couple of days that the stuff would get done and, 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 you know, the boxes would get, get out. You got to think of, I mean, we're literally sending out 250, 300 boxes a day. Yeah, that's a
1: lot of work. And It's
0: going off and it's, you know, and you're in each box has 10 to sometimes 40, 50 items in it and it's dry ice and all this stuff. And yeah. we're shipping all over the country. And so, you know, there is always that fear as a business owner of, well, what happens if something goes wrong? But yeah. again, hopefully we've now put enough of the infrastructure in place that, we could disappear for a couple of days. So
1: we are, we're trying to plan our our first vacation with the kids and hopefully we'll, we'll do that soon. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Mark, we're kind of running up on the time right now. If you want to, uh, what are some parting words of advice that you'd like to pass along to other people running growing companies as you're doing? I mean, what, 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 what have you learned or what, what would you like to impart? uh, What wisdom would you impart to those (laughs) that are out there listening to the show? So just probably a couple of
0: points, like one is, and I touched on it before, is why do we do this business in the first place? And my wife and I did this. Yes, we're excited to grow a business, but you know, we really believe in the plant-based uh, and vegan mission, you know, and in, in terms of just everything that's going on to, to hurt the sustainability of our environment. There's a new documentary on Netflix now about sea spiracy and what's happening with the seas and all the bad things that happened with, um, you know, during COVID with some of the, uh, you know, the animals and the slaughterings. And so we're firm believers and we, we really believe in we've got a chance to to be the most important company to impact the sustainability of our environment. So having that bigger mission, something that's not simply profit-based, I think is a big driving force and it motivates employees, right? We're, we're doing something for the benefit of, of the world, right? And Stonegate, I don't think we ever had that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a great product. But uh, it's not like I was changing the world. This I really think we have the ability to change the world. So that's yeah. one. Two is, um, and and I don't think Stonegate ever really had this. Like we had a really good piece of software, and it's still there by the way. It's it's, it's it hasn't gone away. Um, but with this, we're we've got something that's very unique and differentiating, right? There's nobody else that's doing exactly what we're doing because we look at ourselves as a distribution company as much as we do, you know, a retailer. We're, we're building that. And we're building our next warehouse in, in Chicago, then we plan three or four more. So we want to be able to provide access and, and be able to get to all these customers all over the country affordably. So, and with the innovation, with the private label. So you think about what Bezos did, and you think about what Elon Musk did, like we really think in our model that we've got something that is not easy to replicate uh, and it's truly unique and differentiating. And if I've learned anything over my, and I've had a lot of you know successes and failures through my different careers... It's you got to have something that is truly unique and different and that customers really, really, really need customers need this right now because, you know, a plant base is growing B COVID is still out there and C, people have gotten accustomed to having, you know, groceries delivered to their door. So I would say that's the, the, the second uh, biggest thing is, is that.
1: That's great great advice to, to, uh, to end it on. And I really, I I really honestly appreciate your time today. I know it's very busy schedule to carve out to do this kind of thing, but, I really appreciate it. I think it's going to be valuable for uh, our listeners to hear and uh, thank you very much for coming on the show.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Don. All right, Mark. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to MyCompanyStory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show please email me at dawn at Thanks for listening.